Your employees expect top-tier medical benefits like comprehensive care access, but how can you balance these expectations against rising costs across your full benefits portfolio? Find savings and opportunities in your most highly utilized benefit, your pharmacy plan. Did you know that hospital employees fill 25% more prescriptions each year than other industries? How can you tell if all those prescriptions were needed or if you could have had significant cost savings by filling at your own hospital pharmacies? Tap into these opportunities with an independent pharmacy benefits partner and solutions designed around your unique requirements and resources. Rx Benefits provides pharmacy benefit strategies, from expert advisory services to programs that leverage your hospital pharmacy's purchasing power, all while offering competitive benefits with award-winning customer service. We've been working with hospitals for over 15 years, and our clients range from rural and critical access hospitals to large health systems, with healthcare-specific solutions that make the most of hospital assets and dispensing capabilities. Visit us at employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in the show notes to learn how to boost your benefits with an optimized pharmacy plan. Asher listeners, welcome to another episode of the Asher podcast. We're here live in the exhibit hall floor. First episode on the exhibit hall floor, Blow. Uh, we have a repeat guest with us, Daniel Gandaria. You might have remembered him from the Bo and Luke show before. It was the Asher podcast. It was amazing, by the way. Uh, and things have evolved. Things have changed. If you've been paying attention to the news, and we're going to jump into how this has affected Daniel, his team, and well, Bo, probably like 100,000 other people if we're being real about yeah. this. So Daniel Gandaria, executive lead for Advocate Health. Executive center lead. Executive center lead. That's I knew I was going to mess up. That's all right. Up, it's but, all good. But by the time this is released, he might have a different title. We were just talking about this earlier, but we'll we'll jump into all this. But Daniel, welcome back. Hey, thank you. And I know lots changed for you guys because, yeah. yeah, I mean, since the last time I was on, it was the Bo and Luke show, and we were yeah. talking about my role at Atrium, and now here we are. We got the Ashra podcast live from the floor. That's right. Uh, a lot's changed for everybody, huh? Yeah, it, it yeah, it's fun because we we get to uh, you know with the Bo and Luke show is a lot more on the personal development side of things because our you know, audience wasn't directly towards healthcare. Now we can like really get into the nitty gritty, which is uh, pretty good. Yeah. And I love that you're the first guest here on the exhibit floor because we've been talking with others, even like in the past 24 hours, changes in healthcare. Yeah. The, the ever evolving changes. And how do you deal with that? How does HR keep up with that? And perfect example is what's happening with you with advocate. Um, it just, amazing it's rapid change rapid, rapid change. change yes yeah. so yeah. listeners if you're unfamiliar uh advocate and atrium health merged uh six months ago ish uh no it was in december is when we completed it and we call them so they're strategic combinations it's a strat i'm met wow yeah, it's okay. a strategic combination and we use that language because you know we bring everybody brings their strengths yeah we're trying Love it. to Love we're it. trying to find the right partners to bring to the um to the mix when we do this. So it's a strategic com combination. There is no merger rule. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So walk me through a little bit. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned everybody bringing their strengths, right? Yeah. And I was really interested in having this conversation because it's happening all over the country in healthcare right now. And we we're just chatting with Jeremy over here saying, is it accelerating? Like, is this happening even more? Uh, what's your experience been like? Yeah, it's um, since so I joined Atrium in 2020. So that's in the middle of the in the pandemic in June, 
and since I've been there, it's been, you know, um, the Wake Forest Baptist combination, Floyd, and now Advocate Aurora. Yeah. And it's just, you know, one after the next. And I think, you know, we're just doing this as fast as we can with the right partners. Um, uh, and, you know, I think for those who weren't here this morning to hear the, uh, the keynote speaker just talk about changes in work and other right. things. Yep. I mean, it's, it's that same kind of pace, right? The, the industries are changing, work is changing, so you just got to keep pace with all these changes. So it's fast. Wow. So I think what's intriguing about that and where you can help all of our listeners uh, and other executives, in such a strategic combination, a lot of people are impacted. There's a lot of HR team members that you have that are impacted. How do you help them manage this change, get through this change with, I would say, the least emotional disruption? Yeah. And what does it mean for them moving forward? Um, yeah. What are some of the things you've been doing that, that helps your team? Well, so it's, that's a great question, right? And I think the first thing everyone has to understand is there's going, you're, you're not going to avoid that emotional disruption. And so you just have to accept and understand that it's a natural part right, sure. of, the, of the change process as people are going to go through it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't help. And so some of the things that we've, we've done is um, so my boss, our chief people and culture officer, was sending out like a weekly email to give updates, right, on what, uh-huh. was, what was happening with the change. As people got into new seats, we started meeting with new um, teammates or other leaders that would report to us to really talk through kind of what's their role, understand kind of their strengths, right. and start to put some of those structures together and then communicate. So we've been, um, we had a little pause in communication while we settled the structure, but now we're back to a weekly or biweekly cadence just in giving updates on Hey, what's what's happening? What do they need to know? Um, we had a really uh, successful, I'll call it like a community town hall. We had about 1,100 HR individuals wow. On, wow. on a Teams meeting, right? And all of the senior leaders got a chance to go through, kind of talk about themselves. One of the things that we've done to almost humanize the change is really just, let's just talk about ourselves personally, uh-huh. right, yep. in the process. So, you know, we had a section that said, hey, what are our priorities? But more importantly, let's talk about, are like the top three things we want people to know, right? About yep. ourselves. Yeah. Right. So like my first one was I love tacos, right? And we can go um have tacos off our store anytime <laughs> and have fun. And the yeah. second was, hey, I'm a girl dad, so I'm used to being told that I'm wrong, right? Yeah. All the yeah, time, yeah. I right? like that. On things. And so so as we as we kind of go through that uh through that process, I think people just understand more about, hey, there's a human on the other side of that as well. And right. And so we're just trying to communicate as best we can and ask for as much patience as possible um, I- in the process. I think that's key. Luke and I had a great conversation with the, uh, one of the f- co-founders of JetBlue. I think it was towards the tail end of um, COVID, right? And one of the things that he was saying, because he's now a professor at the University of Michigan, and even he's part of the crisis leadership team at the, the Ross School of Business to get through COVID, right? And the first thing he said about the most important thing was communication. Yeah, he did. And people yeah. want, he goes, even if you say there's no, there are no new updates, right? That's an update. Because you want your people to hear it from you. You want them to be informed from you and not have to make up stuff in their mind about what's going on. So it's wonderful to hear you talk about and mention that first communication that you're talking to your folks, keeping them up to date. I think that's one of the most important ways to keep to keep people's emotions because it's going to be an emotional time anyways, like you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, To help them through that. If they know they're getting all the information and they know what you know to the best of your ability. You're, you're really kind of setting up uh, a successful change. Yep. Well, because you got a thousand, right? Just take that 
teams. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you have a thousand people. They could tell themselves a thousand different stories. That's right. And that's why you just want to be able to share. Here's where we're at. You know that, that there's always going to be right some, you know, a, a good a simple thing that we were able to solve for is, well, we put out times in Eastern as opposed to Eastern and Central. Got it. We got to really yeah. think about it. and And so people were texting us, and that's just a good opportunity to reflect and say, okay, let's look at some of these things and, and figure out something simple like that could, you know, cause a spinoff, but hopefully uh-huh. you get that conversation going. People will come back to you, tell you, and you can fix it and make adjustments. Absolutely. I, I think one of the things that stood out to me in that episode is uh, he says, look, you, you, people are great at getting information. He goes, they're going to get the information themselves. He's like, you just won't have the opportunity to control whatever information that they get. You know, so you're saying updating and even saying, hey, I don't have an update, but my update is that I don't know, but we're working on it. Right. Which yeah. was fascinating to me because then I started thinking about it. And I guess it makes common sense. Right. As humans, we're going to go try to find that information. Yeah. Um, it's its its own theory of leadership. Right. And that so some people think information flows in like a, a waterfall and yeah. a hierarchy, which there is. But then there's also. All these networks of people where these five people get together, these 10 people, and they share what they know. So you just have to understand it, it the information is flowing, right? And the more yeah. you can understand and share, even to the point of, hey, we don't really know, but we will get back to you with an update when we do. Here's what we're currently thinking. Right. The, the easier it is to manage that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Bo and Luke Nation. Discover your leadership edge with Edge Leadership Academy. Their expert coaching transforms high performers into influential leaders. Whether in business or athletics, they tailor their approach to your unique journey. Embrace their mentorship and workshops to elevate your leadership skills. Join the ranks of those who lead with confidence and purpose. Visit edgeleadershipacademy.com to start your transformation. Edge Leadership Academy, where leaders are made. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yeah, no, I think that's super important. The waterfall effect sometimes can can be can be detrimental because you I mean you probably all played the game right where someone tells the first person a story and let them just keep repeating it. And by the time it gets to the thirtieth person, it's like not even remotely close to the same story. So when you're controlling it um, and you're purposeful about the information you're sharing and who it's going to. Makes a big difference. Good yeah. point. How are you being really intentional about the culture of the strategic combination? Because I'm, I'm going to assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming two great companies came together that already had strong values and culture. I, I, I guess where I'm going with this is how do you bring those together? Do you bring them together? I mean, are there, lay it on me. How's- yeah, so we have uh, my counterpart, um, uh, Dela is leading um, how we're going to do that, right? And I think there's a lot of questions. What we know, same kind of thing is, what well, we need to bring. There's been two legacy groups that have worked to get worked on these things in each organization. Um, ones like the Culture Alignment Team versus the Culture Coalition. How do we put those? Bring those individuals together to talk about what we want to be, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and to see, hey, where are there similarities and and differences? And sometimes it's almost like. Um, uh, it's, it's almost like, uh, linguistics a little bit, right? And that you call it one thing, we call it something else. It's the same thing. Yeah. Right. And so how do you, how do you get past, um, some of those things? So I think getting people together to solve for that will be really important. We haven't, 
Like right now, since it's you know was in December, we're just really working through the leader process, designing the right parts of the organization, and then we'll get more towards. Um, Hey, what do we want the culture to be? That's on our plan. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, you know, out of the gate, I think in anything like this, you mentioned before, everyone is probably wants to get answers as fast as possible, right? We wish we had them before we came together, but you can't. No. Yeah. So you just have to kind of work the process to define the process and work the process with them. Yeah. Very Super cool. important. Yeah. Love it. I absolutely agree. Um, Tell me a little bit about some lessons that you've learned from this, because I'm going to assume this is going to keep happening in the in, in America, right? So what would you, I mean, what advice would you give yourself in December where you're like, oh, man, we could have done that a little bit differently or? You know, it's, I don't know if there's a perfect answer, like to whatever, I mean, there's the right answer for the organization. Sure. But there's not, yeah, you know, if I wouldn't go back and say, hey, do it this way. It's probably just to continue to say, I would tell myself, you're going to go through a period of change, right? And, you know, personally, when you go through it, you're in a new role and you've got all these former contacts that might be reaching out to you to get some things done. And you've got new people you need to meet and learn. And it's like this, um, it, it's, it's this like perfect storm, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you make some warm handoffs here, but still be available while you're learning something else. And I, I think we've got a great um, HR team that is really collaborative and knows, uh -huh. okay, someone else can solve that. I don't need to solve that. I'll just be like, please solve, solve whatever. You know the history on that, so you take care. Just let me know so I understand how we've gone about it. It's yeah. just, it's this, um, you can't let your ego be like, well, that's my role. I should be, I should be doing it. Right? It's more of, okay, you can do it. Perfect. And just teach, <laughs> teach me right? so I know what's been done. That doesn't mean we're going to do it that way moving forward, but we haven't changed this, right? So, right. so that's the, the hard part is you're in the swirl. Yeah. But I think what you're talking about and what I'm hearing, which I think is fantastic, is you have a, a positive mindset about this, yeah. about this change. Yep. I think positivity is huge and uh, you emulating that and, and portraying that to your team and everybody around you and all that you work with, new people you're meeting, I think is, is very, very, very important. And that in, in the end, you're going to collaborate and you're all going to get through it together. And you're going to have a stronger organization a year from now, two or three years from now, it's going to be even stronger because you've understood, you've built the process, and then we just have to work the process. Yep. That's I think right. that's super, super key. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the evolving role that you have as well, what you're focusing on. Um, how's it going? Was there anything you had to unlearn? Like, help us be better. Um, so, you know, I think I've got now uh, a really unique um, role within the organization. I'm responsible for our our executive life cycle from when we do some outreach to recruit them through their onboarding, you know, um, uh, into the exec comp space, any, any offboarding. So we're really trying to standardize these processes so we can create a consistent experience for, sure. for our executives. Cause we know, I mean, um, that that's really important for them to be able to take care of their leaders. Et so it's a, um, there's parts of my role that are, um, that are new. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's parts of my role that I get to continue working in, like in our, um, uh, exec development space. We're going to have more of a, of a, um, emphasis on experiential, uh, learning. And then yeah. there's, we, I part our partner with my same colleague, Dela on some of the, like the culture work and what does that look like for executives? But yeah, for me, it's been diving, uh, head first into some new, um, some new areas. And my old role had talent acquisition, but not at the executive, uh, type level. So it's kind of learning, 
how we go through that process historically in both organizations, what we want to do. Same um, with executive compensation. It's a new learning curve yeah. for me. So just diving in um, into all those things, which is fun. And at the same time, it's just, you know, it's exhausting some days. I'm trying to yeah. catch up, right? I, I'm I, sure. I describe it as, hey, we're running, uh, if we were running a marathon, some people are already at like mile marker 13. Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm like at mile marker Four, yeah. right? and I'm sure, trying to sure. catch up to the pack, right? <laughs> on some of these things, and I, and I don't know. I'm just hoping that maybe they they either we're going really fast, and I and I get a chance to catch up at my pace, or I'm just gonna have to sprint for part of it, which is not good in a marathon. But we'll make it work one way or another. Yeah, yeah. that's a great analogy. Well, it's got to be a total shift, right? Because you're not. I have to imagine you're not just posting these jobs. I mean, you can, but the, for the results you're looking for. They're probably not just throwing darts at job postings online. It takes longer. It's not transactional. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, I mean, I'm not sure if any other healthcare organization, right? Again, back to this, guys, if you get a chance to listen to that uh, keynote speech from there, it was really good. Like the yes. last, the closing thing was like, hey, you have the opportunity to be the benchmark. Yeah. I think we're trying to be the benchmark in this space. I don't think there is That's cool. any I, other organization that has an exec center that focuses on yeah. this type of uh, area. So we are... Um, going to set the benchmark in this space, I believe. Yeah. And what I really love hearing, Luke, um, is learning. Yes. Right? So Daniel's at the top. He's an executive and he's, you know, right now, executive center lead. That title's going to change in the near future, right? But even as an executive, it's the continuous learning. And you're, you're always learning. You're always kind of putting one foot in front of the other to move yep. forward. And, you know, we were talking about that yesterday with some guests. And it's so important to just keep learning. Yes. Right. Yep. And and to hear that that's still the case even in, with executives, I think that should motivate and inspire from your junior HR professionals all the way through the the chain in the HR industry that it's really important to just keep learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, don't, I think you're right. I don't think it exists in the market today. Like usually when we talk to folks, it's like, well, we have one executive recruiter, and that's what they do, and they're in their own system. They don't recruit anything else, right? And I, we see that, but a company being intentional about it and trying to standardize that process. Yeah. We don't see it very often. Right. And that, exactly. And I think it's important because we're here at this conference. So everybody who's attending at some point, they'll listen to this episode and hopefully they, they follow up with what we're talking about. You go to a conference, you have these work sessions that are all laid out and you select, I'm going to go to this one, this one, and this one. Well, be intentful when you go then. Yes. Put your phone away, put your laptop away, take notes, pay attention to what's being said because probably high probability you're going to learn something in that one hour work session that you can take with you. And then I say, follow up with the speaker two, three weeks down the road, whatever. Hey, I thank you. Thank you for that. I learned X, Y, and Z. Any more advice you have for me? Right. And that, that learning paradigm would just keeps flowing. Take advantage of why you're here to learn. Yes. A hundred percent. Well, and I, why I love this is Daniel, you're, uh, you're pretty high up there, right? You're kind of, so you've had a great career, but you sit down here and you talk about learning and I want the listeners to know that like, that doesn't go away. How much, uh, how much time do you spend learning? Like I'd say just on a weekly basis, is it something that's really ingrained in your life and a habit? Uh, yeah, I think I, I think we talked about on the la- last podcast. I mean, so, um, just about every day coming in, I was listening to different podcasts, catching up on, on the news yeah. on any other things. Like it's just kind of baked in. I try to make time, um, every day for it. So now I just happen to find, you know, what are the things I really, um, I really need to do and, and, um, and learn about 
part, part of it also is, you know, I think a lot of times we end up focusing on, yeah, there's some technical knowledge that I need to learn. Um, but you know, you can go ask certain experts. So back, back to your point, you can go ask, Hey, this is what they did in that organization. You bring it back to yours and it's a whole different organism, right? And it get rejected. And it's sort of like understanding and knowing how some of these things work in your organization is almost as important as, Hey, what's the, the technical, um, uh, uh, acumen to be able to get it, get it to get it done because it may be the right technical answer but no one wants to yeah adopt it right so i think that's where um if you if you have to spend time yeah catch up on the technical stuff but really understand how does your organization make decisions and who needs to be right. a part of that process and you're going to run into something where you're going to flop and be like okay let me reflect on that <laughs> what, what what was that okay look yeah i probably should have gone to this group and then yeah. i would have been able to, to and so th- that kind of learning um we often overlook. I, I think, think so. Right? So I mm-hmm. want to make sure I put in a plug for that. Yeah. Yeah, those are great learning moments. That was solid. Yep. That was solid. Um, was there an element, and then we'll wrap up after this question, but I, and, and let me know if there wasn't an element of this, but change management messaging is so important when you're going through a transition. Um, was there an element of fear amongst the employees on both sides, amongst your team members? And how did you message you know that how did you put out the messaging in order to calm that down yeah i think there's always um i don't know if i would use the word fear i i, I think there's always some concern right when you go through sure. the process of what does this mean right when in any change it's like hey are you going to change who i report to are you going to change my pay are you going to change the work i do are you going to change where I, I mean there's all these questions i'm certain on some level everybody had one of those questions that they wanted answered um and i think you know, we haven't answered all of those questions through now for as we're going through this process. Um, I know there's questions, but the best thing that we've been able to do is just continue to give the information that we can. If we know an answer, then we'll state it. And yeah. if not, again, it's going to continue to be worked. And do you have a recommendation? Right. Yeah. On what now it doesn't mean we're going to it's got to be pretty clear. It doesn't mean we're going to your recommendation is the answer. But I'd love to hear your perspective on it. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think most individuals are mature enough to understand you can give a recommendation and that doesn't mean that that's going to be the answer, but you're kind of trying to understand more from the recommendation. What is it? Yeah. Like, I just want to know when you're going to tell me that X will happen. Okay. Well, we can commit to that by this date, right? right. Okay. Well, that helps to alleviate concern. So it's really trying to understand the concern and address it. But so many of these are our local uh, or individualized concerns right when you get to there that yeah um we've really been just working with with leaders like i've had individuals on my team say hey can i share x because the team needs to know this and say well yeah but you can't share it until this time until then tell them tell them you, you'll give them an update on this day and we're working towards that answer i think that's helped it's not perfect but um, no it's helpful yeah right yep. and then and then when you follow through that that's what's key right it's helpful then follow through with what you told them, and then that just builds trust. That's and it. when you're going through change, new relationships, building that trust um, is is part of that. So that's yep. a great way to do that. Absolutely. Nice. Well, at the end of the episode, we'd like to give you time to say whatever you want. You can wish people happy birthday. You can teach <laughs> us something. But I'm going to do a plug. Normally, I don't do this, but uh, I thought, you know, I think this is relevant. Uh, executives out there, healthcare executives, right? 
We're at the Asher Conference. If Daniel taught you something and you think Advocate might be a good home for you, I mean, this is your guy. So if you're looking at being a leader, you know, the big company, you think you have something to, uh, you know, to contribute. Um, I'm not going to give out your cell phone number. Or anything, no, don't but, do yeah. that. <laughs> they can find me on LinkedIn and yeah, reach out. We'd yeah. lo- I'd love to um, to meet some uh, some new individuals that have new and creative ideas. That would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, take us home. Uh, oh, man. You know what? Um, this is a tough one. I, um, I guess I'll... I don't know if what I should say here. I'm stumped a little That's bit. That's okay. You know, don't say anything. Well, we just enjoy the moment together. No, Sorry. you know, you know what? I'll say this. I thought I didn't think about this in the context of hey, would I would I leave everybody with it? But um, I think there's a a book. Uh, I can't remember the author off the top of my head. So if in this we can insert a disclaimer on there, but it's called Do Hard Things. Have you read that? I've that heard book? of it. Yeah, right. And um, it's all about how we shouldn't back away from from doing these these tough things and i'll tell you i mean right now just being a leader being in hr in general for an organization in healthcare is tough mm-hmm. right yeah. whether it's the nursing right shortage or it's about um you know uh teammate relations and trying to make sure that we create the best place for them for them to work without need needing a third party interference anything like that. it's it's um we have to be able to lean in and do some hard things, have some hard conversations and be, um, uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's fine. And it's natural. I think it, it speaks to how the healthcare um, industry is evolving in HR too. So, um, you know, don't feel, uh, don't feel bad if you feel uncomfortable, right? That's maybe a little bit of wisdom. It's just the, the natural state of being. And the more, the more you can live like that, I think the better it is for you as a leader and a person. So awesome. Excellent. Do hard things. I'm going to read it. Do hard things. Well, well, Daniel, thanks so much for being on the on the show. Uh, Astra listeners, Daniel Gandria, Advocate Health. Uh, thanks so much for your time. We'll thanks see you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care.